Well, how's everyone doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each of you here. I hope you've enjoyed the service so far, and we're excited that you're with us. And let me just pause right here. I know we have some kiddos in the room, and so we want to make it easy on the parents. And so in the back at the hospitality center, there are coloring pages, um, there are crayons. So even if you need to sneak out right now, if that'll help you um, sit still for the next few minutes, you can do that. Parents, your kids can run back there if they need to and grab some of those um, during the service time. So they're just right back there at the hospitality center. And we're in our second week of this series called Christmas at the Movies. And we're talking over the next few weeks about some of our favorite Christmas stories and the holiday times and how those relate to our life and even looking at the first Christmas story and what that means for us and how it impacts us and how our lives are similar. We talked about that last week, but it doesn't matter if you lived 2,000 years ago um, in ancient Israel. It doesn't matter um, if you lived a few decades ago in Chicago and you were part of the McAllister family, or if you're living today in Texas, our lives overlap in so many different ways. Our stories are similar. And so we want to look at what it is that we can learn, how we can grow, and what God wants to speak to us. And so today we're focused in on this idea, home alone, of family relationships around the holidays. I don't know what your family is like around the holiday time or what it's like in your home. Um, typically, we have in the past, we've traveled or parents and family members have come to our house. It's usually a big family gathering. And I can remember one year, um, typically when we get together, we play family games. Does anyone else do that? Break out some board games, play some games. Has anyone played apples to apples? Okay, you guys, some of you know that game. Okay, so in that game, I'll just quickly explain it. You have a descriptor card, okay? So it's like pretty, ugly, funny, zany, wacky, whatever it is. And then you're holding like seven cards and you wanna pick the best one that describes that or the opposite. Now, I remember one year we're sitting down and one of my wife's sisters, her boyfriend, I think it's who it was, was sitting at the table with us. And he was one of these guys you didn't wanna play games with. And every time, it's an unspoken rule in apples to apples. In case you've never played, let me just give you a hint. If you're the judge, you don't pick your own card, okay? Everyone in the game knows that. You don't pick your own card. You're gracious. You pick someone else's. Every single time, he would pick his own card. And he'd be like, hey, I think this was it. No matter what the description was, he would always pick his own. And he'd say, hey, I think this, this is it. I won't mention his name because some of his sisters do listen to this um, podcast. So I won't mention who that was. And, and I'm starting to get frustrated, okay? I'm a competitive guy. I love to win. Sarah calls it cheating. I just call it creative brainstorming, okay? I find creative ways to win the game. And, so we're, and I'm getting more and more frustrated until finally the description is lovely. And all of the cards are placed down, and P. Diddy is there. Now, I have a lot of ways to describe P. Diddy. Lovely is not one of them. And of course, this young man, he says, hey, this card is my own, and I'm going to pick it. This is the best description. And you guys, I about lost it. Just a pastor honesty moment. I wanted to take that card and shove it down his throat, okay? I was so mad at that moment. I was so frustrated. But then I have to remember, wait, I'm a pastor, okay? And I'm supposed to act a certain way. I'm supposed to love this guy, even though I don't know him, even though he's a total idiot. He doesn't know how to play the game. And all of these thoughts are rushing through my mind and my stress level is rising. I basically, I had to walk away from the game, okay? Because I knew it was not going anywhere good. 
And maybe when you're around family, um, you may have similar situations. I know my story isn't the only story like that because whenever we're around other people, and it doesn't just have to be those that have no social skills or no social awareness, it can even be people that we love and people that we enjoy being around. But many times around the holiday season, our stress level rises, we get frustrated, and there's feelings that well up within us, feelings maybe just like this. You're going to have feelings like that this holiday season, okay? You're going to feel moments like that where you just want to get away. You want to separate yourself from everyone else. Being around other people is going to feel frustrating, and you're going to want them to disappear. And maybe that moment of peace and quiet away from everyone else, you're going to do a dance like that, okay? You're going to feel like Kevin felt in those moments. But I want us to look at today's scripture, and I want us to look at the story that we see in the Bible and what the life of Jesus and the birth of Jesus brought. There were family dynamics at play in the first Christmas. We're going to look at that this morning and look at what we need to learn from this. And I think this message is so vital. And there's a number of reasons why. Because some of you sitting in this room, maybe your story or someone very close to you, this holiday season is going to kind of be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Because you already have marriage relationships or relationships that are tense and that are frustrating, and you add the stress and the busyness of the holiday season, and that's just the final straw. That's the thing that's gonna do that relationship in, and we need to know how do we react in those moments? How do we respond in those moments? What do we do, and what should our mindset be like when we enter into those moments? Some of you are gonna be around annoying people, right? There's the uncle or the aunt that's gonna bring up that political topic that you're like, please don't say that and start up this fight. The person who knows just how to push your buttons and they know just how to say the right thing, how to keep on annoying you until you're just so frustrated, you just wanna explode on them. You're gonna be in those kinds of moments this holiday season. There may be some of you in this room that the holiday season, it's a difficult time with family and it's not because of the massive amount of family that you have, it may be kind of a a lonely time and maybe broken relationships or maybe just distance and isolation makes family really difficult at this time of year. And once again, I want us to look at those relationship dynamics and what Jesus did and what his story means to us and what that looks like. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to start in Matthew chapter one. We're going to start reading at verse 18. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, I think this is right where we were last week. You can pull out the blue book in front of you, that blue Bible, 
and turn to page 471. And I want to encourage everyone in the room, whether it's your own or you take out your smartphone and Google Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, to open up the scripture and let's walk through this together. And let's look at the life of Jesus, his family dynamics, and what that meant and then what that means for us. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, once again, Matthew's writing a biography about the life of Jesus. And he's telling the story of what the birth of Christ meant and all the way through his life, what this means to us and what we can learn from this. And so this is where we pick up the story. Matthew chapter one, verse 18 says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, that means they were engaged to be married. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, that was just their way of saying fiance because they weren't really married yet, but they were engaged. Being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for what was conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord spoke through the prophet. Behold, a virgin will conceive and will bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph awoke from the sleep, he did as the angel had commanded him to. I was reading through this story this week and just trying to put myself in Joseph's frame of mind thinking what that would have been like. Have you ever stopped and thought about that for a moment? The person that you're engaged to, your fiance, is pregnant. And you know that you have not been with that person. And so there are a lot of questions that come up in your mind. There are a lot of thoughts that come up in your mind. And so Joseph's first response, his first thought is, hey, this is not gonna work out. This is not the way you wanna start a relationship. Something's happened here that I don't understand and so he's wanting to not put Mary to shame, but he's wanting to divorce her, to, to break off the engagement, to separate and to allow her to go on her own way and he'll go on his own way. And as I started to think about that, there was probably a lot of things that Joseph thought growing up his family would look like, and this was not one of them. This was not how he pictured the first part of his married life starting off. This was not his ideal picture of what this would be like. And so Joseph is wrestling with that, of what do you do when your family dynamics, when your family situation is not what you thought it would be? And so he has this idea in his mind. You've probably grown up and you probably have different ideas in your mind of what family life will look like. And because of the brokenness in our world, because of broken relationships, it doesn't always play out that same way. And I started to think about Jesus, how he was entering into the world. He's entering in under all of these whispers in the village around him, under all of these discussions that were happening about who really got Mary pregnant. Now, I know we read this and we have faith and we believe, okay, this is what happened. This was not the reality that they were living in. This was not a culturally accepted thing to become pregnant when you weren't married. This wasn't something that everyone kind of just looked at and said, okay, this is fine. No, this, there was shame with this. There was guilt. There were um, words that were cast over them. And this is how Jesus grew up living his life in a family that was considered broken, in a family that was considered from the outside culture dysfunctional. And you see this, you read this later in the gospels. This is 30 years later and Jesus still has this label around his life. 
He talks to the religious leaders. And what do they constantly bring up with him? Oh yeah, you're an illegitimate child. You don't even know who your father is. No one knows who your father is. And so as soon as Jesus starts to talk about his heavenly father or, or his legacy or any of that, they immediately remind him, oh yeah, Jesus, you were born out of wedlock. That's who you are. You want to talk about an unideal family? Jesus' brothers, they don't even believe in him. There's this brokenness in their relationship. They know that the father of Jesus is not their father. It's not Joseph, that they were not born in those same circumstances. And so even as Jesus grows up, you see this in his life. His brothers say, Jesus, why don't you go prove yourself? Why don't you show us that you're really the Messiah? Why don't you go to Jerusalem and, and declare to everyone, why don't you do this? And they were doing all of that because there was this sibling rivalry that they had not gotten over. They didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And so you and I, there's just some peace in that. And there's some comfort in that. That the son of God, he was not born into the picture perfect family. I don't know what your family looks like. It, it may work together really well and everything may be like, you know, what you thought or what you dreamed of, or there may be brokenness in your family. But we look at the life of Jesus and his life did not start out in an ideal setting, in an ideal way. There was brokenness in the relationships around him. This was the kind of family that Christ was born into. It wasn't the picture perfect life. So what do you do in those moments when your family doesn't look like what you thought it would look like? Whatever that is for you, what do you do in those moments? What did Joseph do? He invited Christ. He invited the Messiah and the Savior of the world into his life. And that simple thing right there, what, what Joseph did, what we're called to do, inviting Christ into your life will bring peace instead of strife. Inviting Christ into your life will bring peace instead of strife. Whenever there's brokenness in your relationship, whenever there's tension inside of your family, look at what Joseph did and simply the coming of Christ. What was it that the angel said that all of a sudden changed Joseph's perspective? His name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. That means that God is present here in this situation. In the midst of questionable circumstances that Jesus was being born in, God was right there in the midst of that. In the midst of broken relationships and brother, you know, sibling rivalry right there, God was in the midst of those circumstances. Inviting Jesus into those moments, into the dysfunction of that family, brought a peace that Joseph didn't have on his own. He starts off saying, hey, let's just separate ourselves from this. Let's get away from this circumstance, from this situation. He wants to distance himself from this. And yet the coming of Christ, the fact that Emmanuel, that God is with us, brought a peace that Joseph couldn't explain and probably that he didn't fully understand, but that he was willing to walk and to follow what God was doing in his life. It brought a peace to him. And church, I'm here to remind you this morning that no matter what your life looks like, no matter the situations of your family, if you will invite Christ into your life, this holiday season, if you'll pause and you'll reflect on what it means that Jesus was born, what that saying means, Emmanuel, God with us, what it means that Christ has come in the kind of peace that brings even into the most difficult situations of our life, that understanding that what you're going through and what I... I've been through and what so many of us have walked through with brokenness and our relatives, families, that Christ understands that, that he's not a God who is distant, 
He's not a God who's off in heaven doing his own thing. He has walked through the emotions and the difficulties that you and I walk through. He's there with us in that moment. And his coming, it brings peace into our life. It begins to alleviate that frustration and the strife and the stress in our life when we accept Jesus, you're here with us. And you know what it is like, what we're going through. Lord, you know the difficulty of this situation, Jesus, because you grew up in difficult situations and in difficult circumstances. You were there. And so church, I'm here to remind you, there are those of you that are sitting in this room and part of your story that you never thought would be part of your story is divorce. Maybe in your life, it may be in a close family member's life and you would have sworn this will never happen to us. And now it's difficult and there's frustration there. And for you, I would encourage you in the midst of broken circumstances to invite Jesus into those moments. He knows what you're going through. You may think, Aaron, this is, this is such a, a difficult thing and there's broken relationships. He knows exactly what it is that you're going through. He's walked through those broken family relationships and what it is that's taking place in your life just like you are. The enemy would lie to you this holiday season. And he would say, hey, you, you can't be used by God. You can't be talking about spreading Christmas cheer and sharing the love of Christ with other people. Your family's messed up. You've just walked through screwed up situations and, and brokenness and separation and all. You can't do that. And yet we look at God's own son was not born in a perfect family. And look at how his life turned out. Look at the beauty of how God used those situations to bring hope, to bring salvation, and to bring light in the world. Church, I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter how broken or how dysfunctional you may think your family is. It doesn't matter how annoying you think people around you are. Christ has come into this world. And that simple truth right there, when we invite him into the difficult circumstances in our life, brings peace. He's walked through what we're going through before us. He's felt what you're feeling before you ever felt it. He knows what that's like, and his coming brings peace inside of each and every one of our hearts. It's not just brokenness or the dysfunctions in our family that can cause strife, but it's also not being accepted by those around us, and this is part of the Christmas story. When those that are close to us don't accept us, it causes heard, it causes frustration, and yet Christ comes in the middle of these circumstances. If you still have your Bibles open, Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, talk about this. And this is what it says, Luke 2, 4 through 7 says, and when Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house in the lineage of David, this was his hometown, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child, who was with child. And when they came there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And I started reading this part of the Christmas story, thinking about fi family dynamics. You guys, I have read this part of the Christmas story hundreds of times heard this message preached on the Christmas story so many times over and over again throughout the course of my life. And this time something different stuck out to me. And it was that phrase right there, because this was his house and his lineage. This was his hometown. 
And I've always pictured this. There's all of these strangers in Bethlehem, right? Joseph and Mary are going up to the door. They're knocking on the door. There's no room in the inn, right? And so they end up in a stable, but that's not how this situation played out. Who's there in Bethlehem with them? Have you ever stopped and thought about that? It's his family, you guys. This is his hometown. If everyone is going back home to be registered, that means his mom and his dad, they're in Bethlehem because Caesar decreed that's where they would go. His aunts and his uncles, his cousins that he grew up around, they're in Bethlehem. They're staying in homes. They're staying in houses. They're staying in motels. They're staying in shelters. It's not strangers' doors that he's walking up to. It's not foreigners or different people that he doesn't know that he's knocking on their door and they're saying, hey, there's no place for you here. These are his close relatives. These are people that held him on his lap, that held Joseph or that held Mary as they grew up, that played games with them, that laughed with them, that are now saying, you don't have a place here. You're not accepted in this house. You need to go find somewhere else to stay. This is the circumstance that Jesus was born into that his close relatives did not even accept his birth and what it was that Joseph and Mary had shared with them that there was something miraculous that was happening in this moment. You wanna talk about not being accepted by people? Jesus knew what that was like. That was the story of his birth. And there are moments this holiday season, and I know there are some of you in this room that you go home, you go around other people, and they are frustrated with you. And they don't accept you because you have invited Christ into your life. Because of the kind of life that you live, they don't wanna be around you. And this is where Jesus found himself. And yet I'm here to tell you this morning that even in these difficult circumstances, even in these kinds of situations, that inviting Christ in your life, that it does, it brings peace. That knowing, hey, that we have a savior that has walked through these same emotions, that has walked through difficult family situations, that knows what it's like to be rejected, that knows what it's like to be talked down at. He understands all of these things. He's walked through it, and yet he's here with us in the midst of all of this. We're not alone in these circumstances and in these situations that we walk through. This is what Jesus went through. And so inviting Christ into your life it brings peace instead of strife. There's a peace. See, Joseph and Mary, even after those rejections, even after knocking on family members' doors and having to go to a barn, a, a, sta a stable, just a cut-in cave into the side of the mountain where animals were kept, and to have God's son in that circumstance, there was a peace that was over their lives. They were able to walk through that. They were able to trust God. They were able to understand and see God in the midst of all of that because they were inviting the savior of the world into that moment. There was peace. Some of you, you're gonna need that peace this holiday season because I'm here to tell you we're called to be around family. In the midst of difficult times, in the midst of relationships that don't always mesh up and personalities that rub each other the wrong way, we need one another. We're called to be around each other. And the question is, is whether you will react like everyone else and how it's so easy to react, frustration and anger or strife, or will you allow the fact that Christ has come to bring a peace inside of you? Because I think at the end of the day, no matter how frustrated we are, we all know that we need family in our life. That's what Kevin discovered at the end of the movie. He really just wanted 
his family to be home with him. Can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, if you make it quick, Santa's got a little get-together he's late for. Okay. I know you're not the real Santa Claus. What makes you say that? Just out of curiosity. I'm old enough to know how it works. All right. But I also know that you work for him. I'd like you to give him a message. Shoot. I'm Kevin McAllister, 671 Lincoln Boulevard. Do you need the phone number? Nah, that's right. Okay, this is extremely important. Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. No toys, nothing but Peter, Kate, Buzz, Megan, Linny, and Jeff. And my aunt and my cousins. And if he has time, my Uncle Frank. Okay? Okay. See what I can do. Thanks. And that's my hope for you this holiday season is that family would be a blessing in your life. It's not always going to go perfect. It's not always going to be easy, you guys. When you look at your family situation, there may be brokenness in those moments and there may be brokenness in those relationships. There may be struggling and strife. But I want to remind you what the prophet Isaiah said. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, it says this, for to us, not just thousands of years ago, but to us that live right now today, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the increase of his government and the increase of his peace, there will be no end. Just take a moment and reflect on that. The increase of his peace, there will be no end. Maybe you've not felt that recently in your life. Maybe this holiday season has been very busy already and you still have a few more weeks left of it. But the coming of Christ in our relationships, it brings peace to us. And so what am I asking you to do? I'm asking you over the next few weeks when you're around family members that you just want to take that P. Diddy card and just shove it down their throat, <laughs> that you would invite Christ into that moment and that you would say, Lord, you're here with me right now. You know what it's like to be frustrated with other people. You know what it's like to be rejected by those that are close to you. When you're in that moment and you're looking and you're thinking, man, there are people missing from this family picture because of divorce, because of broken relationships, because of anger or strife, in that moment to say, Jesus, I invite you right here because you know what it's like to not grow up in an ideal family. You know what it's like to experience broken relationships, people that don't like you or that don't wanna forgive or don't wanna be around you. Jesus, you've walked through these circumstances and I invite you here into this moment. Church, I know there are some of you that are thinking, but Aaron, you don't know my dad. You don't know what he said to me. You don't know how frustrating that is. And to you, I would remind you, his peace will have no end. For those of you that think, but that relative that always brings up that one topic, his peace will have no end, church. When you're around that room and you're saying, but, but there's broken relationships, his peace will have no end. Church, I'm telling you, if you will invite him into your life, Every single day and every moment, ask him to come and to be there in that moment. It doesn't mean everything turns out picture perfect. 
It means that in those moments, he's offering you his peace. His peace will have no end. He's right there with you, walking through the difficult circumstances, walking through the brokenness of our life. He is present with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. We just have to invite him in, church.